Welcome to the Echo Cast, episode 62. I am Bond Diesel, your hostess with the mostess, or something. Whatever, I don't know. This is a, a Division 2 podcast where I mostly talk about Division 2 stuff, and I chat about other things when I feel like it. Today, I am going to talk about State of the Game Recap. Title update 3.1 and some other news, Division 1 comparisons and some good community stuff, and uh, a couple of listener questions. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. It's just me. Be ready for rants. If you're uh, returning, I very much appreciate you coming back. Very much appreciate the support. Uh, even at a time where the game's kind of lulled off, I'm still more than uh, super happy with the response. And um, and thank you. So let's go from there. If you want to support the podcast or any of my other projects, please check out patreon.com slash the echo cast. You gain some little exclusive rewards and so on and so forth. Go check out the website. Up to you. On to the stay of the game recap. Okay, so uh, kind of short one this week, at least with my uh, summary of it. Um, this week we had... Hamish and the lead AI designer uh, Drew Rescher, Reschner, Reckner, not sure. Uh, and uh, they talked about uh, title up the you know, a recent patch, the upcoming three point one patch, um, and I believe they even kind of mentioned uh, title update four, which we don't know this for a fact, but I'm pretty willing to bet that's actually going to be the first expansion, the first DLC, episode one. DC outskirts expeditions, but I may be wrong. Um, they briefly talked about uh, the small patch that came out, uh, I believe, the day of um, the stay of the game or slightly before, um, and uh, and they also confirmed that the 3.1 patch would be coming on June 3rd. Uh, they didn't confirm it on stay of the game, but they tweeted it out shortly after. Uh, they mentioned that there were going to be various changes being worked on, um, as, especially the AI issues, which they got into during this during this stream. Uh, normalization bugs, where people are getting like 3 million armor or something like that uh, in the normalized zones. Uh, the falling through the map issues, making more skills more useful, uh, and changing how the chem launcher changes. Uh, or, or works. So I, I'll comment on that shortly. Uh, Drew spent most of the time talking about why um, the AI has had such wonky behaviors. Uh, a big part of it is that they uh, they stop seeing the character, your player, uh, when they move. <laughs> so they just happen upon you, and then they immediately react. Um, and they also talked about why the AI or the NPCs appear to move like really, really fast, or they will literally disappear and reappear. Um, and that mostly had to do with animation blending issues. Uh, that was an issue in the first game a bit, and I suspect maybe Snowdrop um, just has some issues with that, that they're still working out, still new engine. 
uh, they sounded really confident that 3.1 would fix most of the issues and that title update 4 would fix even more. Um, and it seemed like the issues that are being fixed will actually, will actually allow the AI to work more appropriately the way it was meant to. So we may actually even see an, um, an upgrade in the AI and in the way it behaves and such. So, and that was about it. They did some agent highlights. That was really cool. Uh, you can go check that out on the VOD if you want to. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of had some thoughts. So the main thought I had, despite all of this information they gave us, the thing I was the most kind of kind of kind of looking at with my head tilted sideways a bit is the chem launcher changes. So when the game first released, and I'll speak for console, um, you essentially used the chem launcher the same way that the sticky bomb worked in the first game. So you, uh, like on Xbox, uh, you would hold down whatever bumper. So for me, it was right bumper. And your character would pull out the chem launcher and it would show the aiming arc and radical. And then when you released it, it would fire off the chem launcher um, and it would unequip the chem launcher all at once. Um, then they changed it to if you if you um, if you click it, it equips it where it equips it like a gun. So you can still hold it down, I believe. Can you? I can't remember off the top of my head right now. I think you equip it and then you use the trigger to fire it like a gun. That's right. And um, and after you fire one off, your character reloads it and keeps it out. So then you can fire again. Uh, and you can even let go of the aiming button and it gets rid of the radical, but you still have the chem launcher. Um, and then you can double tap the bumper. And it drops the heel at your feet. Mind you, the only reason people care about this is for the, the repairing chem launcher. The other chem launchers, um, I think this change was significantly better. But basically, people are, um, are, don't like the newer chem launcher system because um, it, they, they don't know when it's equipped and they find themselves shooting a heel at an enemy when they meant to be shooting their gun. Um, it, it, it needs to stay the way it is. Um, I, I think the change that needs to happen is that they need to switch the self-heal to one tap and then the equip to maybe holding down the bumper uh, or whatever the corresponding thing is on your system um, and then it's equipped so maybe it makes it easier for people to self-heal um, but I, the old system just doesn't work the sticky bomb was such a different skill that to to copy it doesn't make sense and the reason is is that the sticky bomb had one shot no matter which one you used and the sticky bomb did not have um, an arc. So it just fired straight. So that system didn't work very well for the chem launcher because those two things aren't true. You have multiple shots, which is the whole point of it with some people. And you have um, an arc on it. So when you hold it down, at least I found it to be extremely awful to use when the game first came out. Uh, and it made me basically not try to heal anyone else. Um, now, with the way it is now, I I use the chem launcher, I think, as it's meant to be used, mostly on other people. See, the problem is, is that 
most people, uh, when the game first came out, you had the weird hold down and let go system. But if you tapped it, you self-healed. You only tapped it once. And because I assume 99% of people are using the chem launcher for the healing because it's kind of OP, um, they, uh, they, they don't like the new system because it makes it harder. Um, I haven't noticed any significant issues. Uh, every now and then, I'll accidentally have it equipped and fire it off instead of my gun. But then I just switch real quick and I shoot. Like, it's not the end of the world. And um, in the self-heal, the double tap works 99% of the time for me. Um, it seems like with some people, they, they're failing like 50% of the time or more. You see people who act like it literally doesn't work. So maybe I'm just the luckiest person on earth. I suspect that's not the case. So Kim Launcher, for, for the love of God, if you... If you don't revert it back, if you do give us the option to switch it, um, it's just funny because the, the whole conversation around the chem launcher is 100% for the healing. No one gives a crap about how it works for the, uh, the combustion one and the, the foam. And uh, I think a, a decent number of people do use the, um, the one that deteriorates armor and stuff, um, but not enough that, you know, the only thing people care about is the self heal. And uh, I think that's interesting. Um, I did feel like the deep dive into the AI with someone who knows it well as the lead AI person was really important um, and good to talk about. Um, I, I get that people want want them to focus on every single issue at every single state of the game, comment every single time. Um, but rather than having like two hours state of the games of them just listing bugs and saying we are working on it, um, I'm, I'm fine with these smaller tidbits. like. Again, I, I know we want to hear more. I know people want to hear more about what they're going to do about PvP, um, balancing and stuff. Um, and my guess is like what they did in the first game towards the end of development, that they basically didn't comment on things until they had answers for them. Um, and, and, and I think that's fine. Uh, I, I kind of agree with people to a point that sometimes state of the game is maybe less state of the game and more like... Here's a quick update on a few things. Um, I mean, I, to me, state of the game is kind of an institution, and I don't mind. Um, I, I I don't mind the way it is. I guess it'd be nice if we always had more info, but um, I, I play in uh, I play in two different worlds of um, what I would like and what I expect, and um, and I think more people need to do that. But that's just my opinion. So that's state of the game. Let's slide into a super smooth mid-roll. Okay, so so community discussion and topics. So I've got two. So I'm going to talk about um, this whole Division One uh, versus Division Two thing. I keep seeing in my probably unwelcome comments on it, um, and then I'm going to talk about a bunch of cool stuff that people um, talked about that the, the, uh, the division community has been a part of. Um, and I'm really proud to be a little part of that. And I, uh, in a time where it seems like everyone's at their throats, uh, sometimes um, I think it's nice to point that out, but first I'm going to be super negative. So, <laughs> um, so I keep seeing this, uh, this kind of, um, this kind of feeling of uh, the division one is better. Um, I'm seeing it, you know, people talking about even people who barely play the game, it seems, and just care about the story, which is fine. I I identify with that to a point. Um, 
I see it especially from people who enjoyed PvP in the first game, which I have some thoughts on. Um, and and I just see it now. I really honestly think it's a pretty vocal minority. Um, I I I think um, you know, and as with most things, uh, just because people are loud doesn't really necessarily mean that they're the majority. Um, but what do I know? Um. So, so what I'm going to say is that the Division 1 is not better than the Division 2. Um, but I get why people feel that way. I get it. I just disagree entirely. Um, I, I get that there's some things that, I mean, there's some things I miss. I was watching a video I made from Division 1 uh, where I just walked through, like, the Noble Squad mission and just recorded it and posted it. I just thought it was a cool mission. I wanted to post it. And, you know, there is an air, you know, in the, in the atmosphere. Um, there is a... There, there, there was a feeling about even the cosmetics in that game and stuff like that. It just, um, it's interesting because I think the Division Two is is better in basically every way, um, but there's always going to be those little things you miss about the first one. But so there's a thing I posted on Twitter this this last week, um, and it's a psychological concept known as fading affect bias, um, where where it basically describes how humans have a tendency to remember good things really well. Um, about an event or a, a, a moment or whatever. Um, and they also have a tendency to forget the bad parts. Now, um, I, I've, I remember this concept from even back when I was in college and I had to look it up because I remember hearing it back then and it's always stuck with me, um, whether it's in my personal life or especially since I've gotten involved in the gaming world and doing this stuff that I do. Um, but you know, I, I mention it because I just see so so much of the Division One versus Division Two talk is this gra- It's a grass is always greener thing to me, where you know, I remember Division One and I remember Division One point eight point three, and and people appreciated Division One for what it was, but what it was was a fairly broken mess in a lot of ways. Um, it was a broken mess I put almost 5,000 hours into. Obviously, I enjoyed the game. Um, but it's, it's, it's been really interesting that, um, especially since the release of Division 2, there's, there's, this, there's this weird thing where people have, have conveniently forgotten um, you know, a Division 1 and a lot of its uh, struggles and, and such. And uh, I see comments every now and then where someone will say, oh, Division 1's better than Division 2, and... And someone will be like, "Well, don't you remember like how it was early in the game?" I don't. I don't think that's a worthy. That's silly because, like, Division One Point Three was way worse than One Point Eight Point Three. I. That's a fact. I don't think you can argue that. Though I have seen people do it, <laughs> and and that's fine. Um. So I think the only way you can really compare Division One and Two is to talk about Division One One Point Eight Point Three. The I assume the last patch, I don't know if they'll ever put out a point four to maybe fix some small issues for people who are still playing, but let's stick with what we know. And and what I find interesting about it is that like I I I just I see people um reference why they there's just they'll say something along the lines of Division two is good, but it's just missing something. And and that's and that's something I can not necessarily agree with. But that's that's a take I can I can really understand and empathize with, and maybe even agree with a hair uh, that it's not even like there's anything wrong with Division Two. Uh, there's just something about it that's just different. 
Now, what I chalk that up to for me when I have those moments is that it's just a new experience. It's uh, Division One. I I paid kind of close attention to it before it came out, but not really. And then the beta came out, and it kind of blew my mind. And and then I spent three years being involved in the ups and downs of a game, and getting to know people, and making friends. And um, the Division One was a was a gaming experience that I will never have again. And it had very little to do with the actual game. It had way more to do with uh, getting involved in a gaming community in a way I'd never had before. It had to do with beginning to stream video games, which before I did it, I thought was really stupid. It had to do with starting a podcast, which again, I thought was really stupid until I did it. It had to do with making YouTube videos, which I never even thought I would learn how to do. It had to do, you know, the problem is, is that no matter what the division two was like for me, it was never going to recreate the experience I had with division one because it couldn't because those stones had already been turned. Um, it's a different experience and there's things that have happened with division two that didn't happen with division one. Um, that will make it its own unique experience for me. And, and I wonder if that's like a big part of it for people. Um, I think the hype kind of burnout was a big part of it as well. Um, I, I think that people, including myself, um, focus so much on division two and the lead up to it coming out for, you know, a whole year, basically that at some point there comes a point where the division two could be a perfect game, but for people who hyped it up and were excited about it for over a year, it could never meet their expectations. Um, and I think that's a part of it as well. So I think those are the kind of the reasonable takes now. Okay. So for the unreasonable takes, when, when I see people say things like the division one was balanced, that the division one had great build diversity, that the PVP was clearly superior and, and there was so much skill uh, gap in division one. I, I just asked to just give me a break. That's division two PVP isn't in a great spot. Uh, I, I really wanted it to be, and then it came out and it didn't really interest me any more than the first game did. So if someone was to say Division 1 and 2 PvP, neither one of them are great uh, for different reasons, I, I think that's fair, um, then I could, I could accept, I could say, you know what, that's a fair take. But, but every time I see this, this bizarre, complete lack of memory and, and people saying things about, like Division 1 PvP wasn't, wasn't better because it was bad. Um, and, and, and that's just my take. And many people don't think I ever played a minute of the PVP in division one. And I did, you know, many minutes, uh, that was before I streamed for the most part. And it, like, it was bad. And that doesn't mean people didn't enjoy it. Obviously there's some people who did, but people, no one who enjoyed it. I, I don't take seriously anyone who says I really enjoyed PVP in division one. I believe that I enjoyed it because it was a balanced, skillful experience because <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, it's interesting because now the one of the big gripes of division two PVP is that whoever shoots first wins. And, and I, and I've said since it came out that, yeah, I mean, that's a bit of a problem. Now my solution for it is not to bring back burst healing, which I've seen people say, which is so funny. Like it was such a consensus leading up to division two, that the burst healing of division one was the biggest problem with PVP. 
or one of them. And now, you know, some of those same people, it's starting to trickle back. You know, we're reaching for that comfort zone. Ooh, I died too quick. Give me, give me burst heals. I need it back. Um, you know, that, that, that whole point just is lost on me a bit. The build diversity thing is just so hilarious to me. I, I get that there's, there's some exceptional players that there's some people on the periphery. Um, but division 1.8.3 is, is maybe not Predmark as much anymore, but no Madden striker. Like no one's running Hunter's faith in the DZ. No, no significant number of people, right? You know, I know some people run Hexo builds. It's actually what I still even preferred, even though I knew it wasn't meta. But come on. Like, let's not pretend like Division 1 had any build diversity. Now, the other argument I've seen is, well, in PvE, I could run whatever I wanted. I could run Hunter's Faith. I could run a Tactician build. I could run, you know. You can do that in Division 2. If you're talking about non-raid and non-PvP activity, if you're running you know, challenging heroic missions, if you're doing control points and all that, you can run a skill build. I have a super fun skill build that through various ways, I get my skills back sometimes instantly and other times insanely quickly. Um, and it does damage and it's fun to use. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a great build and I can even swap out other skills and they're still very powerful because I can unlock basically all the mods I have. So you can do that. You can make a sniper build. You can make a sniper build that hits like a truck. Like that, it's, it, at the very least, it's no different. And that, in, in my opinion, the build diversity is actually better. And I, I think that there is some more complication in the way you build because the brand system is so much different um, than what we had in Division 1 where we started off with high-end gear and then eventually had gear sets. But then the gear sets kind of took over and... Um, and then, you know, the gear sets in division two, definitely there's an issue there. They need to fix that up. But this whole point of, you know, that, that whole point just drives me nuts so that there's no, there's no build diversity in division two. And, and there's this look back like, oh, there was so much diversity in division one. There wasn't, you know, there just simply, there just wasn't. Okay. And, and that whole delusion just, just drives me nuts. Um, and then this, the, the PVP, you know, that there was skill gap in the first one. Now there's not. And. Um, I would agree that, you know, due to time to kill in division two and the PVP, that the skill gap is pretty tiny. If there is any, I get that point and I, and I empathize with that point, but then to pretend like the first one had skill gap, um, I, I've not seen anyone say that with any seriousness who I know didn't just run meta builds and just shit on everyone they ran into. So, you know, I'm probably not the authority on this subject. But come on, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I just find that hard to hard to swallow at some point. Um, like, you know, and again, my point isn't to say that Division 2 is perfect. It isn't to say that Division 2 is the perfect game and it's superior in every every way, 100%. And Division 1, you know, especially in the PvP department, like, it's definitely not perfect in any way, shape, or form. But it is better. Um. I think that, I don't know. I just, for every reasonable post I see where people just say, ah, oh, there's just something about it that's different, or you know, I just miss New York or whatever. For every time I see that, I feel like I see 10 comments from people who didn't even like Division One, uh, and, and 
and just trust me, there were people who streamed Division One who did not like the Division One, but it gained them viewers and donations and bits and subs and other things. So, which is fine if that's your goal, but then also don't like act like you're an authority on the game that you never really liked in the first place. And, and people who, who just, you could tell just didn't want to like division two before it even came out, which again is fine, but, but maybe, maybe move on, you know, maybe find something else. If, if you're complaining about division two, because you genuinely want it to be better then all the power to you. If you're complaining about division two because you want it to be division one again, or because you just want to complain about something. Um, I've caught myself being like this with, with Anthem at times. And then I stop myself because I'm not going to play Anthem. I don't give a shit about that game. So why do I need to complain about it? I can poke a little fun at it here and there, which is like the easiest thing to do on earth. But I also found that there was, what was the point of me commenting on Anthem when I had no desire to play it? It's how I've gotten with destiny as well. I respect destiny. I think it's a great game. I have zero interest in it. So at some point, what's the point of me commenting on it? Um, and then there's just, I think there's people who just got burned out on, on the division in general and, and people who got burned out on the community and got burned out just in the genre. If you're someone who's played destiny and warframe and division one and two, and even Anthem to a point, like it's, it's such a, it's such a specific genre um, and, and if it's the only thing you've played, that's, it's, that's an easy way to burn out, man. And, and I get it. I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever completely burned out on this game and on doing this stuff, but I've definitely had my moments, you know, I just, we, we can't revert the division two back to division one be, because it was quote unquote more fun because it was bad. And, and I think what annoys me the most is that I'm just seeing so much desire by people big and small who, who want to just get back to their comfort zone and to just regress the game back. Um, and, and not, you know, who, who aren't willing to accept that the game has changed, that it's a new game. They didn't change these things just off the whim. They changed it for reasons. They saw problems in the first game. Um, and while it may not have been executed perfectly, um, I, I do think it's it's a bad call, it's a bad idea to just so heavily push back on I'm, I'm moving the game backwards, in my opinion. At the end of the day, I, I really do encourage people to give honest and blunt criticism, but do it in a mature and reasonable way. Don't attack the devs by name. You know, that's not helping anything. Say what you don't like and what you don't like about it and how you think it might, it could be better. That's all it takes. And, and every dev I've met involved in this game and some other games, if you say, I don't like this, uh, this is why, and this is how I think it could be better without insulting anyone, every dev I've met would love that. They may not agree with you. They may say, eh, we did it for this reason or that reason. That, that's not what we're looking for. But they'll at least respect it. And the last thing I'll do is, is I'll just say, just be very selective about who you support and why you're supporting them. You know, big and small creators. I, I get that it's fun to, to get into the whole dramatic back and forths and the, and the insults and, 
and all of that stuff. But, you know, is that good for you? You know, ask yourself, is it good for the game? Is it good for the community to do all that stuff? I'll leave that up to you. Okay, so let's move on to the second subject here that will that will eventually be a little more positive once I get a little jab out. Uh, but um, I did ask on Twitter, I said, hey, you know, what's what's your favorite things that the Division community has done over the last you know four or five years? Uh, what have you enjoyed the most? Um, what, what's made you proud to be part of this community um, beyond the game and stuff like that? Um, I, I heard, you know, there's just this list of a bunch of really cool, cool replies. Um, I don't know who Infamous Gaming is, but I'm really, uh, thank you very much for quote unquote keeping it real uh, and, and giving your passive aggressive comment. That's super cool. Uh, way to read the room. <laughs> yeah. But moving on from that, um, you know, there are a bunch of stories people told that, you know, Mab talked about being part of the hashtag going rogue on cancer fundraiser and her toggling despite uh, PVP not being her cup of tea, which um, I remember that. Uh, Uber Tim, uh, multiple people talked about him and, and the series of fundraisers he had done and just being a, a, a really uh, prominent member in the community and you know, raising tons of money and putting out tons of awareness on a bunch of different issues. And then even just you know, on a personal note, just him growing as a creator himself and through, even through some trials and tribulations on his own, him still you know, pushing through and doing his thing. Um, you know, people mentioned just the greater, you know, part of the division community in general, welcoming new players and cosplayers and all kinds of people who had never played the game before, even three years into division one or people new to division two or just anyone who wanted to be a part of the community. It seems like there's a, there's a home for everyone in some capacity, maybe for better or worse, but uh, people talked about just finding new friends. Uh, this is something I can identify with a lot and just, you know, meeting new people from all over the world. Um, finding people to play the game with from all over the world. Uh, and honestly, just being a part of a community with a game that has had ups and downs. Um, that's been supported by a, a developer um, and then, uh, you know, a, a studio who really does care whether or not you agree with all their decisions. I think that's fair, but there, I, I think it's, I don't think you can deny that these people work their tails off to try and make us happy uh, and, and, and to pursue that impossible task in some, in some way. Uh, people talked about a bunch of streaming fundraisers uh, such as ones for St. Jude's. Um, and even when last year at E3, which I was lucky enough to go to as an Ubisoft star player, um, when Splinter Shield, uh, better known as the Hunter, uh, made a Feilao cosplay for Hamish, one of the community devs, <laughs> it, it was fantastic. I remember seeing it, and it was just so awesome. Uh, Splinter Shield was mentioned again, talking about um, him and F Shep and a bunch of other people having the push in Division One for the survival DLC towards the end of the life of the game, where he organized these tournaments, uh, and it was just so fun. Um, I participated in one of them uh and just did so bad uh, but it was still a blast and and that was a uh, an uptick in the community that was really fun to watch i mean you know the division streaming went from you know there may be a few hundred people watching at any given time during these tournaments you know hundreds and hundreds of i believe a couple thousand people rolled back in and were watching the game um, and watching these tournaments happen it was it was really really great um and last uh, but definitely not least for Splinter Shield, for the third time I'll mention him, 
Um, he did, you know, shout me out, and I really appreciate that. I, I definitely, you know, I attempt to be relatively humble, uh, but I also try to be proud of things I've done, and, and I really appreciate him throwing out um, that, you know, I've, you know, been solo and basically everything I've done when it comes to fundraisers and podcasts and, you know, doing things that I do. Um, I really, really appreciated that recognition, and I, I wanted to save it for last because all that other stuff is really is great and better, but I did want to show some appreciation there. Uh, like I said in the previous topic, I, I get that it's easy to get caught up in the drama, and to be totally frank and totally honest, I think there's some really despicable, selfish, gross people in this community. Um, if you consider them part of the community, I kind of don't, but um, there, there's some real nastiness out there. If you want to find it, if you want to latch onto that, you can. The whole point of of, the, of that post and of listing off all this stuff was um, to 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 just give you know this this realization that that all of that bad stuff is far outweighed by the number of really great people and 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 the, and the great things people have done in this community, both on an official side from the com devs and the developers of the game, things that they've done, fundra- fundraisers and stuff, um, all the way down to you know the small creators and stuff who have um, had big fundraisers and done all of that stuff. So I just want to say a thank you to everyone. Um, just for all of these things. And, uh, and, and I think that it's a good, it's good to every now and then focus on some of the good, maybe not so much worry about the bad all the time. Okay. So we have a couple listener questions. The first one is from Shami soul. Uh, he says, as E3 is getting closer, where do you think the story will head from here? Do you think we will see more about the antibiotics or maybe we will get uh, the castle settlement back on its feet? Uh, for the Title IV update, since the trailer mentioned the introduction of two more main missions. Yeah, um, I mean, I definitely think the castle, I that seems like the most obvious thing on Earth, that that's going to be brought back as a uh, as a settlement that we can fast travel to and stuff like that and, and utilize. Um, I wonder, though, if you know them not having that settlement at the beginning, I wonder if that settlement's going to do something special. Maybe it's going to be a hub of some type. Um, I, I don't. I, I I suspect that maybe they'll have some kind of bend on what type of settlement the castle may be. Um, I I do think that the antibiotics. The uh, oh yeah, yawn. Okay, uh, the broad spectrum antivirals actually will be the big thing. Um, as as the black tusk and stuff pursues that. Or whoever they're pursuing it for, where you have to find out, I guess. And um, I think that w- they'll push forward on that whole story. What, what's interesting, I've, I've mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again, is if you listen to all of the intel from the Black Tusk, at the end of that intel, the last, I believe the last recording, is they're straight basically talking about an alliance with the Division and working together. Um, and so I assume we're going to push in that direction and figure out what the heck that means. Um, people, again, I've said it before, they need to realize that the Black Tusk is a mercenary group and they're just doing what they're being paid to do. So I assume there's very little, if any, loyalty from them to who's paying them currently if that person stops paying them or if they have a higher bidder. So um, organizations like that will tend to align themselves with whoever um, helps them the most. So. I, I, I'm curious to that, and, and what I'm curious about is that if somehow we get this bizarre 
uh, alliance or, or, or treaty with the Black Tusk of some type, um, does that mean that there's going to be a new enemy? That there's going to be a new um, antagonist? Um, I, I still think that these two little random factions that we see around the, the underground and the um, the, uh, the ambusher factions, I still think they're going to have to play a part at some point, maybe not till year two or something. Um, but, but yeah, we'll have to see. Um, when it comes to other parts of the story, I, I suspect that there, there's going to be some um, expansion on what's, if you read the book or the comics, um, I, I'll try not to spoil it, but basically there's a lot of stuff going on all over the East Coast. And so I wonder if they'll expand on that. I still have some theories about all of that. Um, but I definitely think E3 is going to be a big focus on title update 4 slash episode 1 of the DLC. And uh, I'm curious to see what these new main missions are going to be and and how they're going to expand the game and the map and everything else. So great question. As always, I do appreciate that. Uh, then Duke Rad 12 said, For the length of time required to get it, I was kind of underwhelmed by the hardwired gear set. Uh, what is its practicality in PvE? I have no idea. So, to be totally honest, um, that gear set, I remember grinding for the blueprints and, I, and grinding for the materials. And I remember being like, oh, this is really cool. I, I like that this isn't a... Um, this isn't a gear set that I'm just picking up off of, you know, invaded missions. I, um, I don't care about that set. And even looking at the, the, the numbers on it, I, I find interesting. Um, I, you know, it, it seems like they were trying to make some kind of, um, you know, skill based set. Um, but what happened with me with hardwired is the blueprints. I got every one of the blueprints for the set on the first try, except the federal emergency bunker mission, which I probably ran, I would say 30 to 40 times before I got the final blueprint. So just imagine my excitement when that final blueprint dropped and I saw, uh, this, this awesome, you know, Oh yes, I can finally craft this. I'm so pumped only to find that now I had to re-farm all of the materials or whatever. And I, gave, I stopped, I don't care. I don't care about that set. Um, I enjoyed the first grind, but then the second grind, I can't be bothered. So uh, the gear sets are in a weird spot. Um, I, I get, I, I appreciate that they don't wanna make the gear sets like instantly meta. Um, so they have to, try to specialize them. They have to try to keep them from being OP. Um, but unfortunately that's kind of made them not useful at all, which is tough because I, I would almost rather the gear sets start off kind of insignificant and then work their way up to being useful in maybe just certain situations rather than start off super OP and then, then nerf them down until because I really want the high-end gear and the brand sets to be the focus. I, I really think that's where the, the best part of the game and building and all of that comes from. But it would be nice if the gear sets were at least a little bit more viable. So I suspect that's coming, but we'll have to wait and see. So to answer your question, I have no idea. I don't know what its practicality is. At least not right now. Uh, and thank you, Duke, for the, for the question. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to ask. You can ask me on Twitter. 
You can ask me in my Discord, which there should be a link to. You can actually also check it out in the Bullets and Beer Discord that is shared with uh, SitRep and Bombshell Jackets and a bunch of other great podcasts. Um, yeah, so definitely. And in the YouTube comments, you can ask in there too. Uh, so for content updates, to wrap this baby up, uh, I have convinced Bay Diesel to do a Baby Diesel shower, uh, shower stream. Uh, so we'll do that here soon. Uh, and I would love suggestions on games that we could play. Um, Bay Diesel is not what we would call a gamer. And um, her, her, her video game exploits uh, have been kind of legendarily bad. So preferably some games that would be fairly easy for someone to pick up uh, on PC or Xbox and, and play. And especially stuff that may be kind of goofy and fun. There's a few games I found that I want to check out that I think she would enjoy. Um, you know, obviously, you know, if people want, I'll probably set up like an Amazon wish list or something. People want to, want to help out, go nuts. Uh, if you just want to come and hang out and watch her and I'd be silly, that's fine as well. Um, I am trying to get back into a routine. This holiday kind of messed me up. So I haven't really been streaming. Um, I've just been busy. We're getting the baby's room ready. I, I'm actually going to be painting after I record this podcast, which I'm recording it two days late, which really annoys me. Um, but I'll try to get back on it. So please just bear with me. The next six months or so are probably going to be kind of crazy. Um, I still plan on recording the podcast every single week. I think after the baby is born and even maybe leading up to it, um, I, I may slow down on the stream quite a bit. Um, I don't plan on quitting it entirely, but you know I'm going to need some time. Um, in the last, but certainly not least, um, I do want to, uh, oh no, uh, congrats to Master Micah and Tamis Riker, uh, for winning the, uh, the division two themed echo dot giveaway. Uh, those will be sent out soon. Um, I appreciate everyone who participated in that giveaway. I suspect I'll do another giveaway sometime soon. Uh, maybe around the DLC, maybe I'll give away some season passes or something. We'll see. Uh, and now, last but certainly not least, uh, I do want to thank uh, Uber Timmy, Shami Soul, uh, Mike to remain unnamed beyond that, and uh, November for being my four lovely Patreons, or my patrons. Uh, I do appreciate the support. Um, <clears throat> if people don't want to mess with Twitch or if they don't want to mess with other things, um, the, the my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash theechocast, um, is a great way to kind of help me justify the Bay Diesel uh, doing this stuff and spending time on it. Um, it also helps me upgrade the stream and all that. Um, all the money I've made through streaming and the podcast and all of that stuff. Uh, I have always spent every single penny of it back on the podcast. And I'm actually uh, pretty well in the negative at this point. So we're still crawling out of that hole. But um, I really do appreciate any support you're willing to give. That's one way to do it. Don't want to? Don't have to. It's all good. Okay, so to wrap this thing up, if you like the podcast, please follow on whatever platform you are using. If you're on iTunes, please, 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 please rate the podcast and leave a review if you wish. Uh, if you check out the podcast on YouTube, please sub the channel, like the video, comment down below, ask a question, tell me why I'm wrong. Let me hear it. I'm happy to see your input on the show. Uh, I am on Twitch where I stream multiple times a week and I'm on Twitter both as Bond Diesel, uh, where you can find me posting about all kinds of other stuff and things that I do as well. One more little side note. I'm playing the Breakpoint Ghost Recon Breakpoint uh, Alpha Test or whatever. 
heavily NDA'd. Can't say anything else other than that I'm doing it. Uh, but I cannot wait to comment on it after E3 when they show off a bunch of stuff that we're then allowed to talk about. Only E3 though, not the beta, not the demo or whatever. It's going to be interesting. That's all I have. Until next time. I'm gonna go